welcome to the Big Ten. Ten. Woo! One oh. <laughs> the double digits, baby. It's our tenth birthday party. <laughs> you are welcome. We will give out party bags at the end. If you know where we live. <laughs> okay, so I'm Rose. I'm Luke. And this is our podcast, uh, Pain in the Glass. So, we today are going to talk about lessons learned from our year, in my case, and two years in Luke's case, in yeah. Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to give you some practical advice about what to do before you arrive in Spain, what to do when you've just arrived, and what to do during the year in general. Yeah, I mean, don't take everything we say as as fact, because we don't know. We haven't got everything down. Mm. You know, we're not masters of this. This is just what our experiences and what we've done, and maybe some of our friends' experiences mm-hmm. as well, how they've gone th- about things and how we have overcome some of the difficulties and some of the easy stuff as well. Yeah, I think that's an important point in general, is that a lot of people hear the way that a year goes is making it up as you go along and that's the whole idea of it so there's no there's no perfect way to do it everyone has stories where they got confused by spanish bureaucracy and everyone asks each other uh for their advice and know-how and that we're just going to give you a little bit of our experiences and our know-how in case that helps you in the future if you're planning to move to madrid right so let's get going. Let's start with what to do before you come. So you're still at home, you're excited. What do you need to do? What's on that list? I'm a big fan of lists. I am more of a thinker, which is why I forget <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> I'm a big fan of remembering stuff. Yeah, I am uh, not so great at that. <laughs> so I make lists. So I would make a list of the things I need to do, a list of the things I need to buy, and a list of the things I need to pack. Because, and a list of the lists I need to make. <laughs> so, what to pack? <laughs> what to pack? Now, remember... Um, Spain has shops. Now, <laughs> you might not have money, but Spain has shops and useful things. So don't worry if you forget anything. The things you can't forget are your passport. And what else? Your boarding pass. Your boarding pass. This is what I've been teaching this in my class recently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Your, as one of my students said, vodka. What? I, I think you can leave your vodka behind. Yeah, leave the vodka uh, behind, yeah. Wait, so the uh, one of the mo- most important things to remember, I think, and something that maybe I didn't think about when I first moved out here, was that it gets cold. It there's winter. There's a winter, right? You might think of Spain as the sunniest, loveliest place in the world, and it is during the summer yeah. and the spring and f- kind of into autumn. Mm-hmm. But it gets freezing, it gets so make sure that cold. if you're preparing and bringing stuff for the whole year, just bring some warm stuff. Yes. Like for example, even though I've lived here for two years, mm-hmm. two years and then a, another year ages ago, <laughs> I selectively chose to forget about this, and I had to buy a coat last year, which obviously set me back at you know forty yeah. quid. When you have a coat back at when home, I have, that's I have a bit multiple of a mistake. Coats, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that, that that's something to remember. I know that that mm. might be very obvious to a lot of you. Well, but... so I was lucky enough to know that my mum was going to come and visit very soon. Well, not very soon. A 
month or two after we moved in September. So I packed my summer things and decorations for our flat because for me that's very important to have nice blankets and fairy lights and photos and posters. So I brought all of that stuff and I got my mum to bring me my winter coat because... Uh, she's nice. That's clever. That is clever. That's a good way of doing it. If you're going home at any time before Christmas, or if you've got other people visiting you, get them to bring stuff out for you. You know, because you obviously don't want to pack your suitcase to the rim to the brim with with useless stuff for that time. Yeah. Yeah. Try and try and organize Collect it. Collect as you go along. Yeah, definitely. So um, the do- other documents you need apart from a passport. So we're talking about documents that you need with you in order to set your life up in Spain. So when you get, we're going to talk about that in a minute, what you need to do when you arrive. But some of those things are get a bank account, um, get um, an apartment, get a transport um, card card things like that so bureaucracy stuff what documents do you need yeah absolutely Luke, uh, what we documents do you need, need what do you need you I need want... you need your passport mm-hmm. you need passport photos i would bring little passport photos that you can give in to forms and stuff if you in case but again you can get them out Obviously, here if you yeah. are if you're stuck for that uh, you need your passport, you need you need your e111 card it's now called an ehic you need that <laughs> I'm if you're European, if you're European, if you're, if European. you're from the US, then I don't know. You need insurance, okay? You need health insurance, health insurance. So get that. Um, what else do you need? Well, uh, so I brought basically everything that I have ever had in my life. I have a folder that I've been collecting things in in the past. So like when I went previously to Colombia and Paris, I started putting things in this folder. And it, would, it includes things like a photocopy of my birth certificate, more recently a photocopy of my degree certificate, like things like that. I Okay, I didn't... Which you don't actually need, I haven't needed them, but, but it's worth, those are things I have in my folder. It's worth having. Uh, I, on the other hand, probably came with just my passport and the clothes on my back. <laughs> and, and you've survived thus far. And I've so. survived. <laughs> and now look at me. Yeah, thriving. Uh, just quickly, if you hear any... If you hear any deep rumblings in the background, we're about to have a thunderstorm. Also, we need... When I applied through the British Council for the Auxiliar Programme, I had to I had to get an international police certificate check mm. or something like that. ICPC, I think it was called. So I needed that, and that was... I was told was essential to bring and my school has yet to ask me ask to see it so yeah, I've never heard about it <laughs> I, I don't think for other jobs I've had to have the CRB check no the DBS DBS yeah. DBS as it's called now I'm so behind <laughs> you're so behind I'm so old man. <laughs> I remember uh, I was listening to the wireless <laughs> <laughs> actually for Americans that is the police check for, yeah. for British people. Anyway, we um, we we don't we haven't okay, needed we it thus far. Uh, the other important thing is uh, maybe it's not so important, but it depends on how you do things. If you're a free flowing cool cat <laughs> who can who can go with the flow and just relax about things, then you don't necessarily have to come to Spain with a job. However. If you're like Rose, who loves lists <laughs> and and being plan or planning forward, planning ahead, then 
it's quite easy to get a job from abroad. It might not be easy to find the job that you want, the specific job, but you know, the applications are things that they make it very easy for you yes. to apply. Well, especially for English teaching, because they know that you're coming from abroad. So everything is set up yeah. for you to be able to apply and get the job from the comfort of your own home. So that's what I did. But it is perfectly, if you're European and you have a right to live and work here, yeah. then it's perfectly acceptable to just come and look for a job once you get here. Obviously, that might be stressful for some people. So it's up to you on how, on how you do it. Having said that, Obviously, the experience that we talked to Jess about last week was a little bit difficult. You know, she she came over, she was promised a job, they said it would all be sorted, and it wasn't. So just beware, specifically with maybe academies who don't necessarily give you a contract because they're employing you freelance, because that's something that they do out here with a lot of academies, they will get you to get a freelance uh, tax status and then they will pay you accordingly. It can be good, it can be good for you, but it's probably better for them to make more money. Mm. Um, just be beware, be wary of people, especially if you're coming from outside of the EU, is all I'd say. Mm -hmm. If you're from the EU, obviously you can stay here as long as possible. I don't know if that's the same in every single EU country. Yeah. But yeah. I would assume so. Is, yeah. Um, but just be careful. Okay, so also, um, how much money do you need in order to set yourself up properly when you first arrive? So I, um, obviously you need money for a deposit on an apartment, Normally that would be, what's that, like one month's, one month's worth rent. of rent. So basically you need to come with two months worth of rent money. Mm -hmm. um, plus all of the things to do with setting up your life, sometimes they cost a bit of money. Like we had to buy some bits and pieces for our flat that we were missing, like cleaning things and um, we had to pay for our transport card. Um, we had to set up the Wi-Fi, which costs money. So you need to have a little bit of a cushion there to help you get started. Right, so figures. <laughs> if you are in an averagely priced flat, which let's say is 400 euros, so that means you'd have to come up with at least 800 just for the rent. Okay. Okay, and then on top of that, setting everything else up, maybe you need another 200. Mm -hmm. So that's a thousand, and then obviously you need money to survive, live, and go out and drink eat. and eat because yeah. you do a lot of that in yeah. the first couple of months. So having said all of that, I I don't remember how much money I first had when I came, but I do know that we arrived at the beginning of September, and my job wasn't starting until the beginning of October, and I wasn't going to be paid until the end of October. Um, so I was re I was going to run out of money, so I uh, started private tutoring lessons as soon as I could in September, before I even started my job, and that way I actually managed to all of my weekly expenses in that time when we were first setting up, I managed to use the cash that I made in those tutoring lessons on on my weekly expenses and I managed to get through until my first paycheck. Okay, so that's another way of doing it. That's, that's a, and that's perfectly fine. I didn't do that. 
but I maybe didn't spend. I as think much. you had a bit more of. I think you had a bit more money before we arrived. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, moving so, on. That's that. Uh, the other thing to think about before you arrive, not necessarily essential, is the apartment. When you arrive here in September or October, it's not easy to get an apartment. You are in direct competition with thousands of other people coming to either study or work in September in the school system or in the university system. They are... There's fierce competition. You will scrap with people on the street. You will be gouging eyes out. You will be elbowing people. You will be crawling through the door with your deposit in hand to get the apartment before anyone else. However, as Sally said a couple of episodes ago, there's no need to panic. I've just painted the worst case scenario there. Uh, it's not the end of the world if you don't find something straight away. You can stay with friends, you can stay in an Airbnb, you can stay in a hostel. I know those aren't the the perfect situations and you want to get in a place immediately, but don't rush. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah, if you rush, you might end up somewhere too expensive or just really not very nice. Obviously, it's also... So we're saying... When if you arrive in September with an out, with, or October without an apartment, there's a rush and there's the there's a competition to get a place, but it is difficult to get one beforehand because it is best to go and see the flat that you're gonna buy. Um, so I would say beforehand, like f- absolutely, like look on websites, look on flat sharing websites like Ivelista look for rooms that are going, look on Facebook groups, put messages out there, reply to messages, do that if you wish, like I think it's a good idea to put yourself out there, but at the end of the day it is better to see a place before you get it. It is, that's true, and there are websites like Spot a Home which you get a full video of the apartment, however it's quite expensive. The the operating costs, the agency costs are a little bit dear. So if you have the money and you want to get somewhere sorted before you arrive, that I would say that was the best kind Spotted of point. Yeah. Plug for Spotted Home. Okay, so that covers what to do before. So what do you do when you arrive? The first things you have to do. So there's a bit of... It's not super clear what the best order of things is there are a few things that you have to do. You have to get a bank account. You have to get an apartment. You have to get, um, if you're British, or if, sorry, if you're European, you have to get a NIE, which is a Numero de Identificación Extranjero. So that's like a, just a number like f- for them to have you in the system. Like It's like a doc, uh, an identity number. Sometimes banks ask you for it. Sometimes landlords ask you for it. But it's super difficult to get. It's, like, it's, I wouldn't oh, say it was difficult, more so confusing. So confusing. You don't know where to go. And especially if you are... If you're going... I'm distracted by the... There's a storm Uh, outside and we're distracted by the lightning and the thunder, so... (laughs) If you are working for an academy, for example, it's a lot more difficult because then you also have to get your... The ALTA, which is applying for... for, To be freelance. To be freelance. But it's it's also getting registered on the social security, so you have to go back and forth and back and forth between lots of different places. But again... Our advice in all of these situations is don't panic. Yeah. Okay. Don't 
think it's the most necessary thing. Don't think that it's life or death. If yeah, you don't, don't think get you're it. gonna get chucked out of the country or anything. You're you're fine. Because people take months to get it, yeah. and and they're still okay. And may uh, hopefully your school will be understanding. They'll know how difficult it is, and they won't pressure you into getting it. Yeah. And hopefully that that help <clears throat> you as well. Yeah. So some of um, some of the difficulties that I faced when I was trying to get mine was the order of things that I had to do. There are different steps you have to follow, and there are different places you can do it, different ways you can do it, and different order in which you have to do it. And it's really confusing. And you basically have to go to you have to do your research. You have to ask people who, who you have to ask people what they did, ask their advice. Google. I found some. Uh, I found some blogs that that had that had written down what process they had done. I went to the places that they said they'd been to, and I spoke to the people there. Sometimes the people were helpful and saw me for an appointment, and sometimes they didn't. And I and they. But then if they don't, you you just have to ask them. Okay, so what do I do? Like, tell me. I I did this wrong, obviously. So what should I do? Please help me. This. Is highly dependent on the person you get and the day it is and how they feel that day. There's yeah. something about Spanish bureaucracy. It probably is the same in the UK, but I haven't had to deal with it as much. Where it just depends. There's, there doesn't seem to be a set rule or a set system. Yeah, it depends it's on how they feel. It's how they yeah. feel. If they want to help you, they'll help you. Yeah. If they don't. They'll tell you to go some and come back another day you, or get an yeah. appointment. You're going to have to probably spend a lot of time waiting. So bring a book, bring a newspaper, bring a friend. Bring a, a Spanish speaker. If you're not a Spanish speaker yourself, really, it's. I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's essential, but it's very important that you bring a Spanish speaker because there are a lot of times when the people you're dealing with don't speak English. And if you're unable to express yourself, which in a lot of cases, obviously you are, you aren't. It's difficult enough to express yourself about these things in your own language. Yeah. Let alone another. Just quick, brief interlude. It is absolutely <laughs> tipping it down here, and you'll probably be able to hear in the background. Maybe we should lean closer to the microphone. Yeah, but. Hello. Hey, hey there. Uh, it might be pretty obvious that it's raining and we live basically in a caravan. It's atmospheric. It's atmospheric. Uh, the thunder and lightning is quite incredible, but hopefully it'll die off soon. Oh, All no, right, no. so we'll just push on. So, getting the bureaucracy done. Uh, difficult, time-consuming, but don't panic. Um, try to speak Spanish or bring a Spanish speaker and just... Just know that everyone has to do it and and you will get it done as well. One other thing that I wanted to say in terms of setting priorities for these things that you have to do is we when we were in September trying to sort all these things out, one thing we had on our list was getting the transport card or the abono. Um, which is great because especially for me as a, a young person, sorry Luke, um, the transport card is only 20 euros per month and it's unlimited and it is amazing and it saves you so much money so but it also includes not just travel within the city the buses the metro the, the renfe which is the train 
It also means that you can travel out to the middle of nowhere. You can travel to the mountains. You can travel to yeah, anywhere it's in Madrid. Incredible. So because that saves you so much money, and because we were going all over the city, paying for metro journeys to go to all these different offices and town halls and whatever, um, we we went to this place where Luke had been before, this little tobacco shop in Malasagna where you can get your you can get your abono um, without an appointment. You just queue and you get it. And Luke had been once with no queue, got it, 10 minutes, done, boom. So we went there to get to actually tick something off our list because we hadn't ticked anything off our list at this point, even though we'd been trying like mad people. So we got there and the queue was like, like, I don't know all the way down the street yeah. and just like a standstill queue and obviously we definitely could have turned around gone home and given up that day and done something else but we hadn't we we wanted to get something I wanted to feel like we'd achieved something and I knew that if we waited we would be able to achieve it and I would save a lot of money so if you're thinking about what order you should do things in try to factor those types of things in like is it going to save you hassle and is it going to save you money in the long term by getting it done sooner rather than later which yes it is which yes it is uh, okay. the other thing is opening a bank account which is relatively easy if you go to the right bank a lot of people a lot of foreigners seem a lot of the immigrants that come here seem to open a bank account with Sabadell I yeah, don't know what it Sabadell. is I don't know why it is. I think it's just recommended by maybe the universities, maybe by the the British Council, by lots of people. And it is a good bank account. It's very easy to set up, as Rose will tell you. Yeah, they they. I think the reason is because they have a lot of experience with English speakers, so they are open to you and and welcome you and understand what you need and can help you do it very quickly. So I opened mine with a passport because I hadn't got the the uh, NEO number yet and I could open it with a part with my British passport whereas I think a lot of banks you probably need the NEO number and you need a contract from your school and all these things and Sabadell you just needed your passport and that was easy so super quick super easy super friendly um great the last thing is the apartment we've talked about that quite a lot already uh the one other thing that I would say is see as many places as possible because you're never sure. There was one time when I went to see apartments last year or the year before last and uh, there was there was one apartment and I went to see it and uh, I went, I'd been to see quite a few places by this stage uh, and they'd been taken as soon as I'd come out of there they'd been taken. I'd phone them maybe 10 minutes later saying oh I'd love to take the apartment they say no it's already gone or they do a list and if you're the top candidate on that list then maybe you get the apartment so see as many places as possible don't worry if you don't get it the first day or the second day or a week later just take your time don't stress and try not to pay more than 500 because that is a lot of money yeah okay so that's what to do when you first arrive now you can leave some things until a little bit later so not things that are urgent for example getting yourself Spanish lessons that's obviously going to be a great way to get integrated into the life in Madrid there are lots of ways to do it you can go to an academy you can go to conversation like more casual 
conversational based lessons which take place in bars and cafes. You can go to exchange, language exchanges or intercambios. Also, you can organise private lessons or tutoring. A lot of people, a lot of auxiliars do private lessons in order to boost the monthly incomings. And as I said earlier, I actually arranged that straight away. But you, if you're feeling comfortable with the money cushion that you're resting on, then you can leave that for a little bit later. Or, as I do, don't do it at all. <laughs> uh, it is perfectly possible to survive on 1000 a month, depending on how you live your life. I, I, for example, you know, we cook in the house every night. We eat lunch at home. We go out on the weekends and we enjoy ourselves. We go out for meals, we drink, we meet our friends, we go, we go out. On, we go away for weekends. We go away for weekends. We can probably do one weekend a month easily. And we book tickets home and, you know, there, it's, it's, it's fine. But we also do pay less rent than the average bear, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it is possible. But it's nice to, if you want to have a little bit extra to do more, if you spend more, if you if you want to go on more holidays. I also never buy clothes. Yeah, if you want to buy clothes, <laughs> then it's then I really, really do actually recommend getting private lessons because yes. it's nice to have cash coming in every week. It's and and also it means that you can save money if you exactly which is you know if you're being an adult, <laughs> I guess an important thing. Yeah. Speaking of saving money, try not to get robbed. <laughs> yes, so now we're moving on to the section of the episode, which is about general things, what to do when you're here, what to do, what to remember when you're just living, when you're just living in Madrid, what are the important things. Don't get robbed now. I have been robbed, much to my sadness, because I, I actually pride myself on being very streetwise uh, no I, I just everywhere I've lived I always have been you know including England I've always been very careful with my things I, if I have a backpack with me uh, and I put it under the table I am the type of person who will keep my foot on the backpack so I know it's still there like I keep my hand on my bag when I'm walking down the street so I know it's still there like I do those kinds of things but we had an incident where we were on the metro and it was Luke's birthday and we'd had some carver before we were going out for dinner and we were very happy and very excited and talking and probably singing and dancing very loudly in English and I had my phone in my coat pocket which didn't have a zip and some very dodgy looking people walked on either side of me when they left the metro carriage they they walked on on either side of me and they were acting really weird they looked really high and their eyes were doing strange things and I was just kind of giggling at them like sort of thinking they're so weird and when they got off the carriage I said to Luke like oh did you see them they were acting so strange and we sort of giggled about it and then Luke said oh have you still got everything and I didn't and they'd taken my phone and my abono which I'd waited in that long queue to go and get and I was really sad about it because, as I say, I like to be careful with my things. So you have to be super, super careful. And it does seem to be more prevalent in Madrid than anywhere else I've lived, for, for example. I'm not, you know, there are other places that are probably more dangerous, more more risky. But it seems to have happened to ma the majority of, of people, our friends, yeah. unfortunately. 
and it's yeah it's quite prevalent here so just be wary like that, the first day we arrived we were walking uh, around our area which is not you know it's, there's nothing wrong with our area so it's, it's a pretty normal place we were walking down the street and we were exploring the area and a woman was on her phone texting walking down the street and as she was getting to uh, a junction about to cross the road, a guy came past on one of the electric bikes, which are a fantastic part of Madrid culture, let's <laughs> uh, buy the buy, and snatched the phone out of her pocket and cycled off. Yeah, and she tried to, she sort of ran after him a bit, shouting, like, he took my phone, he took my phone. But he was on, an, on one of these electric, electric bikes. bikes, and so he zoomed away, and there was nothing to be done. And that's the sad truth of the matter. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it does sound materialistic to be complaining about pickpockets, but like from my experience, from when I was pickpocketed on the metro, it does feel like quite a violation yeah. and you do feel very sad and kind of you feel actually betrayed when it happens to you. So it, it is something to try to avoid it as might, much as you can. might be worth uh, looking into insurance for your things for when before you come out. Yeah. Uh, just because there are plenty of ways of insuring your things out here but also you can do it very easily on the internet yeah uh, the bono actually was really easy to get replaced um, a top insider's tip is go to the abono office at Principe Pio because there's never a queue there and you just go and you have to pay six euros only to get the monthly the, the amount that you paid for that month renewed yeah but so. you only get that once if you, do, if you lose it again, you have to pay the full amount again, and plus the six euros. All right, another top tip from your friends, Luke and Rose, <laughs> is just oh, be careful because there is a lot of dog poo in Madrid. Look where you step. Look where you step. It's not a clean... It's a clean city. It's really odd. It's clean. They clean every night. But it's just covered in dog poo. There's just dog poo everywhere. Yeah, so look around you. Look around for pickpockets and look around for poop. Look up for pickpockets, look down for poop. Yep. All right. Okay, so um, another thing is to explore at the weekends. Mm -hmm. Explore Madrid, explore the surrounding area of Madrid, explore further along. There are, as our friends have said, so many great things to do in Madrid. Lots of markets, lots of parks, lots of places to explore. Lots of free art and culture free art and culture there is also when there are amazing long weekends lots of things going on like this weekend coming is the san isidro festival which is a madrid festival like it's a madrid uh, bank, holiday. bank holiday and there are hundreds of free concerts and theater things going on and art exhibitions and lots of amazing things and jumping over fires that they set <laughs> Uh, I'm yet to experience it, so it's something um, I'm looking forward to yeah. this weekend. Uh, but also get out of the city. There are places like Toledo, El Escorial, uh, Segovia. Yeah, which I still haven't been to Toledo or Segovia, and I was I was actually shamed today by the mother of uh, some children that I tutor. She was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you haven't been yet. Like, what are you doing with your life?" So yeah, we'll don't be we'll like go. me. Go. Yeah, don't be don't be a rose. Yeah. Uh, and just a couple more places, Anajuez. Oh yeah, well we liked uh, that. That yeah. was a nice place. There was also uh, uh, Alcala. 
Cuenca, which is a bit further ah, away. Alcalá de Henares, that's a nice place. Yeah. Uh, there is also the beach of Madrid, which is <laughs> the Embalse de San Juan, which is a reservoir. A bit further out, a bit to the west, but you can go out there on a bus, it's really easy. And you can lay by a big reservoir, body of water, and sunbathe your days away. Yeah, I'm, I'm yet to be convinced by the Embalse because when we went, I've only been one time, and uh, there was lots of wasps. Yeah, don't listen to Rose. It's great. We spent many a days lounging there last summer, and it was fantastic. It was a bit weird when we went. I don't know why. Because <laughs> there were loads of wasps. No, I just mean uh, it was really low. The water was it was the water had gone pretty much. It wasn't particularly nice. I thought we were going to go on a nice romantic date <laughs> to this place, but no, it's just well, lots I, of rubbish. I'm looking forward to going in the summer when the lake is full and there are less wasps. Less wasps. Anyway, and last thing. Okay. Well, last thing, last place, last oh. thing that we like to do on the weekends is go hiking up in the mountains. So, again, very easy to get to. You can get a bus or a train, to, depending on where you're going to. There are loads of different places, loads of different hiking routes. Things like, applications like, <coughs> applications like Wikiloc are really good for this because it gives you the routes, it gives you people's routes that they've made and you can get out and go see the world. The final thing we want to say about what to do while you're here generally during your year is to be respectful of the job. This is particularly to do with auxiliares, auxiliars because because I think I think you do hear sometimes people saying, you know, flippant things about it, not treating it like a real job, like mm, sometimes maybe not bothering to go sometimes you know like playing truant yeah sort of yeah i can see is that, that a thing i feel like people do that or you know just partying treating it obviously you do want to come and have fun in madrid but at the same time it's a job it's children's lives and education mm-hmm. and you're working with people spanish people who work really hard and for whom it's their career so i think it's important to be respectful of that and to treat it properly yeah, absolutely. Don't give us a bad name. You know, as Rose was saying earlier, a lot. some teachers in her school are afraid of the people who are coming next year because they've heard these stories from other teacher friends of theirs. Yeah, about disrespectful auxiliars. Right, well, I think that's everything from us. Uh, as always, and more prevalently on this one, please tell us what you think. And do you think we're right? Do you think we're wrong? Please let us know because... That kind of stuff matters to us. We want to know whether we're being heard. We want to know if you have anything else to add, if you do agree or disagree with yeah. us. That concludes this episode. Let us know what you think by joining in the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Pain in the Class and follow us on Facebook under the same name. Yeah, like us, follow us, retweet us, friend us. But until this time next week, we've been a a pain pain in in the the class. class.